everybody. Welcome to the Celebrating Independent Artist Spotlight. We are here to celebrate the works of talented artists, authors, clothing and jewelry designers, photographers, poets, singers, songwriters, and screenwriters. We're going to be getting up close and personal with all of these artists to allow them to share their stories of their struggle all the way up to their triumph. So I hope you will take a second and listen in and be prepared to take away some inspiration that we hope will encourage you to stay determined and never give up on your dreams. We would love it if you would please just take a minute and subscribe to our show and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. My name is Coach Callie Tammy. I am out here in beautiful San Diego, California, and today I have the honor and pleasure of interviewing Miss Eunice Jones. She is the author of Love Letters, And she also is a life coach, a minister, speaker, and the mother of four amazing children and one grandchildren. She's originally from Oklahoma City and currently resides in Dallas, Texas. I cannot wait for you guys to hear the heart of this woman. She is absolutely freaking amazing and I absolutely love her. When we originally started this podcast, we had three takes before we got one that we could keep. We were having technical difficulties and we both know that that was just God saying, hey, you can do better. And so we kept going until we got it right. And I really hope that you enjoy this interview as much as I did. Right now, we're going to take a break and we're going to listen to our sponsors for this week. And we will be right back with our interview with Miss Author Eunice Jones. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Celebrating Independent Artist Spotlight. I am your hostess, Coach Kylie Tammy, out here in beautiful San Diego, California, and I have the honor and pleasure of talking to Miss author Eunice Jones. This is our second time to do this interview and we have been doing some some crazy technical difficulties, but she is now my BFF because we have lived through it all. <laughs> she is a life coach. She is the author. She is a motivational speaker and she is a minister. She has is it four awesome children, if I'm not Four mistaken? awesome children and a grandchild. Four awesome children. Yes, that is what I'm talking about. Uh, and so I, I am just so happy to have you on again today and us just get this interview going and, you know, kind of tell everybody like who you are and, and what, what, who is Eunice? Like, I, I want to know who is Eunice? Well, I have many hats. I mean, I'm a mom first and foremost. I'm a servant of the Most High God. So I'm a woman of God and I have been in ministry for, it's been about 20 years now. I have um, a mother for incredible children and a granddaughter and I'm an author. I'm a life coach. I have a podcast. I am a friend. I'm um, all these many hats that are all wrapped up in one. <laughs> Yes, women tend to have a lot of hats. You know that it is. It is our, I, that it, that is our commonplace in life. I think. Um, so, what made you? What, what what made you decide you wanted to be an author? Like we we all have different reasons and journeys during this process. So, um, I, I like picking other authors' brains and like, okay, so what what made you? What made you take that leap? Well, I didn't decide to be an author. I've always been a writer. I've been writing since I was 10. That was my way of dealing with, you know, childhood trauma and things that I had gone through. And 
I started to share my story with people just with my speaking engagements and things like that. And then it was just like, I really need to share this with the world. I really need to share how I struggled and how I healed and how God um, gave me the power through him to overcome. And so that's really where it started. I never really wanted to be an author, but you know, it kind of comes along with the territory when you start sharing your story and put it in the form of a book. So um, I have been surrounded by a lot of authors and then it just, it just kind of happened. So I've always been a writer. Awesome. Uh, I started journaling too, and I wouldn't have even called myself a writer. Like I journaled to get the pain out. Like I would yeah. start writing and like, I still have those journals and you can't even, it's, it's barely legible and it's <laughs> And like, I don't even want to go back and read them because I feel all of that pain and hurt yeah. coming out when I was writing. So um, I, I definitely understand that and feel that like, oh, I've always been a writer kind of thing. And it's uh, writing is healing for me. Yes, um, it is. It's, it, it's very, um, yeah, very healing. That's a, that's, a, that's a very good, good word for that. So um, tell us about your book, uh, your love letters, your journey towards healing. Uh, I love that title, number one, like a, a, any type of healing, because we all have our own healing journey. We all have our own story. And um, some people get, get bogged down by their story and they, 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 feel the weight of their story and the, the decisions that they made and they, they get caught up in that victim mentality. And, and so when you, when you start that journey towards your healing, it's really freeing. And I think that's a, the piece that a lot of people are missing is that, you know, when, like when you start sharing your story, it's part of healing and, and it is a beautiful thing. So like, tell, tell us how your book came about. Like, I, I know you said you were sharing your story and, and all of this. So like, let, tell, tell the, the listeners like what, what that journey looked like and, and what the love letters actually mean. Well, I first started out, it, it, the book actually was titled my love, letter to, my love Letters to God because my journaling started, my writing just started to him, dear God, let me tell you this, let me tell you that. And as I started to reflect and go forth, it was, it was really watering me and healing me. And that's really where it was just a collection of letters that I was writing to God. Um, as time went on, I started to share my testimony and like I said, my journey through life and people were really responding well to it. And it was just like, I remember when I got here and I started having panic and anxiety attacks really bad. And I, again, I'd always wanted to write. I just didn't think of myself as this published author with a title. I was just always a writer. And I remember talking to, um, having to see a therapist and she kept saying, you could, this just sounds like a book. This just sounds like a book. And so again, I still didn't entertain the whole thought of an author, but I thought some people really need to hear this because they need to know that they can overcome. And the more and more I started sharing my story, the more real it became with each page. And so I've always been a writer. I've always been a, a, letter, a love letter writer, I guess I should say. And so that's really what started it I wanted to pour my heart out to other people so that they would know, hey, you can go through hell and you can come out of it and you can be whole and healed. Say that again for the folks in the back. <laughs> they need to hear that. Like yes. some of us have been on our hands and knees crawling through hell and had to punch the devil in the throat to get the That's hell out. It. That you is know it. what I mean? Like you yeah. ain't you ain't taking me. I see the light and I'm going. Like 
Absolutely. I just, you know, and I, I've always been, I tell people this all the time. I'm the only girl with five brothers. I was the first girl in the family. So I tell people all the time and I quote myself and I say, you know what? I've been fighting all my life. So what is one more battle? So when you're used to and accustomed to fighting and that's all, you know, you just know how to fight, you know how to get back up. And then you can turn that pain into power, your power to purpose, which was pouring these letters out on everybody else. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, like see, I told you we were twins when we touched. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> like that was real. <laughs> yes. Oh, so what would you? What was the most challenging thing that you had to overcome while you were uh, going from a writer, growing from the writer to the author part? What was the most challenging thing you had to overcome? You know, for me, it was. Everybody, I had a lot of people around that were writing, that were authors, and just were kind of sharing their story. The most challenging thing for me was when everybody published their book and I didn't. And I actually got afraid and intimidated, and I held back the book. The book should have been here, but I held back because I thought, I remember not reading those books for a long time. It took me a long time to read my friends' books because I didn't want to sound like I was mocking them or I didn't want to sound, I just wanted to be me and I didn't want to tweak my story at any cost. And so at first I thought, I'm right on the brink. The book is written and I held back because I thought I'm looking at their book. I'm looking at their covers. I'm reading reviews and I'm seeing them do these incredible things. And I thought it's just too late. It's just really too late. It, I should have gotten it out when I did. And so that was really challenging for me to push past that. Now, because of pain, life is going to continue to happen. And because of pain, I kept pushing and pushing and holding and wiping on it. And then finally, you know, I, I lost uh, primary custody of my youngest and ended up being a non-custodial parent. And less than 12 hours later, I lost my grandma and that pain took me out. And I said, I got to get this out by any means necessary. And that, and that's exactly what I did. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I, 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 I feel the lost custody, same thing with my son. He went to go live with his dad and I had my daughter, like they split our kids. So yeah. like, Oh, I, I, I know that pain. And it's like no other. Oh <laughs> like, my no God. Other. Like, like it's hard to breathe, man. And I don't think, I don't think anybody that has children that has lost it and, and to have no reason. Yeah. You know not what I mean? Not that you were unfit. Not right. that I wasn't a bad mom. I wasn't unfit. I didn't neg neglate, uh, negate any responsibility. His attorney was just better than mine. And it was just, but in the end, it worked out. God does what he wills. He's sovereign. And it was a reason why she had to be with her dad versus with me. And that, you know, that happened because he ended up, he passed away, um, mm -hmm. you know, not even a year later. So she needed that time with him. God needed that, those moments for them so that she could survive losing her father. And at the time, you don't know while you're going through that it's a greater purpose you're just like okay god what's going on and so i didn't know i just kept having to trust god he kept saying trust me she's gonna come home i just didn't know everything that was gonna transpire until she got home right <clears throat> yeah i uh i totally feel you right there i like i i, I can remember that it feels like somebody sucker punched you oh death <laughs> it feels like somebody sucker punched you and there's yeah. no like like that 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 karate like palm to the palm to the breast bone yeah. right there and there's yeah. no air left in your lungs and it's absolutely it's, uh, yeah. it's, I, I, I feel you um but uh 
the pain does lead you to places that you never thought you would go. Oh and man, yes. <laughs> when, 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 when you grow from that and you can, you can step outside the pain and you can step outside the situation and look at things with a different perspective and you can be like, oh, you know, you can, yeah. it's, it, it's freeing at that point. I, I think it was Steve Jobs that says, you know, you can't, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only yep. connect the dots looking backwards mm-hmm. because everything in front of you is ever changing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so I, I that is one of my favorite quotes of, of all time, and it's um, kept me very grounded. Wow. Kept me very grounded listening to that. So, um, what was the most exciting experience in your transition from writer to author? I'd have to say finally getting it and filling the book and knowing that it was happening and seeing the release date and actually putting it out publicly. Um, it was just exciting to do. My family got a group chat going and it was like, her book is here. Everybody's going to buy, going to pre-order. And my whole family was buying these books and it was great to sign my name. A lot of people don't know this, but when I was in the seventh grade, my best friend, she knows this. So when she hears this, she'll laugh because she actually has the book. But I used to run around at the end of our seventh grade year and sign everybody's book. And I said, you better keep this autograph because I'm going to be really big one day and it felt really good to actually be signing my name on books that were mine and so like I said she's my best friend we are still friends and the other day she actually posted it on Facebook where she had my little crunchy signature from seventh (laughs) grade and then she compared it to the signature in the book that I actually um, gave to her and so when it was finally done and I saw my name and I saw the printed thing and I saw all of it, it it was just that was just indescribable. Right. So did you cry? I know you cried. Of course I cried. I'm like a baby. <laughs> I cried like a baby. Sobs not everywhere. I cried like a baby. What do you mean? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you are my sister from another mister. I swear to God. <laughs> Okay, so like j- just listening to this first part of your story and, and everything, like, um, is it a correct assumption to assume that you get your ideas for writing from life and from your pain and you write through your pain in order to get it out? I absolutely do. I think that sometimes people aren't taught how to push past the pain. They are only taught to, you talk about it and you, sometimes we relive it. A lot of people do, and they don't know how to get it. Once I realized that writing was going to push me through it, I used every avenue. When I'm really happy, I write, and you can tell in my writing. When I'm very solemn about things, and I'm growing, and I'm evolving, and God is stretching me, you can tell because I write about it. So life happens, and I take every opportunity and every experience, and I try and channel it through my pen. And sometimes my pen bleeds, and it bleeds, and it bleeds because I have so many things that have happened in life, good and bad. And it's just, it's an experience. And I think that I've always felt like it was bigger than me. So I always want to share it with the world and hopefully that'll give them the courage and confidence to share their story and heal through it too. You know, what I, what I love about your openness right now is like you said that you've been in ministry for over 20 years now. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's a, there's so many people that whine about bad things happening mm-hmm. and they can be in the religious 
sector and yeah. oh, why is God, pun- God's not punishing you, number one. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You make decisions that take you down roads that you would have rather not gone on. But in order to grow, because you said you wanted something, you had to mm-hmm. go down that path so that you could become a different person. You being in ministry for 20 years and saying that you experienced all of these trials, tribulations, and hurts, and pains, and, and drama, it's awesome to know that you come out on the other side, and that you just, it's, it's, it's just, it is very heartwarming, because I feel like more people need to hear that we ain't special. Yes. Ain't none of us so special that we ain't gonna no. No, we're not gonna get our ass kicked sometimes, That's and right. we're gonna have to pull ourselves up, self up off the ground. That's right. Yeah, I think a lot of people think that or and, and, and I'll be honest though, Tammy, I thought that. I thought my world and my life was so bad. If I gave my life to the Lord, then it was gonna I, I could escape heartache mm-hmm. and, and it didn't matter because life still happened. And so I had kind of a setback when I began to serve the Lord too. And I thought, whoa, this is crazy. Like, what do you mean? I have salvation. What do you mean I have to go through? What, what do you mean they're suffering? What do you mean there's ridicule? But I had to learn that even and then you're going to suffer for righteousness sake, but there's a purpose at the end of it. And I think that people forget to talk about that. Sometimes we magnify the pain and we minimize the purpose. And I think that that's what I had to realize early on, even with ministry, like this is bigger than me. And God's like, yeah, it's bigger than you, but I'm going to give you beauty for your ashes. I'm going to give you double for your trouble. You're going to suffer, but it's going to be worth it. And that's what I tell people when they say, how did you minister? How did you go through these things? And you're saying all this and your woman of God and your faith is so strong because it's been worth it. Absolutely worth it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah, it's um, it's very, it's so funny because like when I was a kid, I I I went to church with my my mom was raised in Catholic church, mm-hmm. went to Catholic school, was beat up by the nuns, <laughs> uh, so she was not a big um, she was not a big church person. My mm-hmm. grandmother who lived in Chicago, which was her biological mom, we went to church with her. And then when she passed away, mom gave us the option to go to church or not go to church. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we moved down to Alabama, I just felt like I was missing something. And I would go to church with friends and I would say the prayer and they would give me a Bible and they pat me on the back and say, congratulations on your new journey. And I'm like, what the hell is the journey? <laughs> like, like I just want a prize, but nobody yeah. told me nope. what the prize was. Nobody told me or taught me next steps. They just give you your Bible and they say, oh, we That's saved it. another soul today. Like, what the hell does that mean? Right. You know, and I make that a very big point in my book too. It's like, you know, I said the prayer 15 times and I didn't know what the hell that meant. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I, I, I went through hell in a handbasket to get to where it is that I am. And, and I, I, I think a lot of people are too busy comparing other people's highlight reels yeah. to their pain. Absolutely. And, and nobody sees the pain before the highlight reel. Nobody That's wants it. to highlight the pain before the, hi, before the highlight reel, yeah, you know, and, and, and they go hand in hand. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm just really thankful that you said that because I think more people really need to hear that and they need to hear it from somebody that's in ministry. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. I, 
I, I'm not, I, I'm a Jesus follower. I love me some God. Um, but I'm more <laughs> spiritual and not religious in it. You know, I mean, sometimes I got a potty mouth and I was like, don't test my Jesus. Like, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> please don't test my Jesus. Cause like I'm a messenger, man. And I, right. like, I get visions and I, I have a lot of gifts. And so it's, um, it's, it's interesting when people start looking at the whole picture. And I, I, I'm very thankful that you said that. And you're, you're able to express that in your books and people to not only see it, but feel it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's a gift. That's yeah. a gift in itself. Um, what, um, and I, 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 I already know the answer to this question, but I'm asking, ask it again. Do I, do your books stand alone or are as a, as a body, as an embodiment on their own, or are they, um, a series or both? So it love letters just started, but there are so many books in me and I'm actually working on two. I need to quote wipe it on them and just put them out there. Um, love letters will absolutely be a series because you're always writing love letters and, and my love letters will never stop. And so that's going to take me so many different places. I'm just going to build on love letters, but I also have other books with the other books. They're going to stand on their own because, um, like you said, I, I have ministry. I'm a mother. Um, I'm a mother that, of children that don't have fathers because of death. Um, so there's stories in that there's stories of being single in ministry, married in ministry. Um, there's stories that just through relationships, trial and error, there are so many different stories that can stand on their own because life, like I said, it's still happening and it has happened. So every single time that I do write and I publish as I publish more books, a lot of them are going to be able to stand on their own and you, you won't be able to link them to the other, except for me being the author with an exception of, like I said, love letters is going to, it's going to be a series. I've tried to not say it is, but I'm sure it's going to be a whole <laughs> <love> letters thing. <laughs> well, and, and even too, like a book about women in ministry by itself, because yes. that for a really long time, that was taboo. Yes. And then to be in ministry and the age that I am, um, a lot of people don't know some of the struggles and the hardships that I've come through because I'm 40. So I started, you know, I gave my life to the Lord at 19 and then just started right into ministry. God literally thrust me there. And a lot of people don't know that. And so they see me. First of all, they see me mm -hmm. and they see my background or they see the tattoos and they see, you know, how I come. I'm not a traditional person. So immediately I'm, I'm um, people are guarded. And then yeah. once they hear me, they're like, wait a minute. She, wait a minute I'm okay I'm and I give all glory to God but I'm weighted in, the, in in Holy Spirit you know what I'm saying I'm weighted in him so um that's a story in itself uh it's uh it's funny that you mentioned that you drew 40 and tattoos you know Joyce Meyer had a and I, I'm gonna find that link and I'm gonna inbox it to you because it's hilarious okay. she did a a sermon on her, on her show where she's talking about, it. she was like, yeah, I'm going to get a tattoo on my shoulder and I'm going to set all these religious people on fire. <laughs> I love Joyce. I love Joyce. <laughs> she was like, cause she had to break it down and she like, she gave, um, oh, dang it. She gave, um, scriptures talking yeah, about yeah. tattoos. Like God has you tattooed on his hand. So why is it a problem? Come on now. To have a tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Like God had a, and I can't remember that. I can't remember the other scripture, something about the disciples having mm -hmm. tattoos, having something tattooed about God or something like that. So mm -hmm. um, there's several scriptures in the Bible that she was just rattling off. And I'm like, go Joyce. I love like, Joyce. You know. 
<laughs> I love her. Like, yeah. Anybody that's just out there and in your face and there's, um, there's another guy and I think he preaches in Houston. It's either Austin or Houston. He's a, he's a, a, a black, uh, a black minister. And he, there was one that he did where he had the, the had a, a treadmill out on stage with him and he yeah. was like, God's telling you to walk and here you are trying to run. <laughs> like, what you it. doing? Yeah. <laughs> and he was yeah. talking about relationships and, and yeah. I, girl, he was getting raw. And I was <laughs> like, Oh my God, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's see now. And I, I'm waiting for this day cause it's, it's going to be coming in in July for me. And I already know. Yes, I'm so excited for you. <laughs> Girl, I'm just like, I'm over the moon right now. I'm in launch mode myself. But like when you sat down to do your official first book signing, I want to know all the emotions. I want to hear, I I want to hear it all. Girl, you already know you're my twin. I cry like a baby. Come on now. So (laughs) I boo-hooed. I, um, my church really, they were really awesome. And I transitioned to another ministry, but they're still family. And so they literally took a, a Sunday service and made sure that I was able to kind of tell the intro of the book. Some people had read it already, but they, I was able to kind of just tell my story and I had the floor and it was totally mine. So I kind of got to speak and do my thing. And then at the end of it, we did a book signing and those that had not had the book and could not afford to purchase the book, they mm-hmm. made sure they got a book. So you had a whole, I mean, we had visitors, we had people that brought people. So it was a good turnout because we had, I had my church family there loving on me and I had different people that were coming. I remember one lady that was a complete stranger and she I signed a book for her and she got up and I have pictures on Facebook of the ugly cry, you know, you're crying and it's like ugly. But she hugged me and she just really started speaking the word of the Lord in my life. She's like, I would not have known, you know, that you had gone through this and that or whatever. And I was like, I tell people all the time, I don't look like what I've been through. So you're going to cry like a baby. I absolutely cried like a baby. And it was a good feeling. I mean, there's nothing like it knowing that you conquered something and you accomplished it, but you have something tangible to, to show. I did this. Yes. Yes. So what, what, what are your power words? Like, what are your, what are your power words to get you through those struggles? Um, basically that it's, it's going to happen. God has already ordained it. He does. He watches over his word to perform it. So that's one thing that I hold on to because sometimes things look overwhelming and they feel overwhelming and you don't, you cannot see light at the end of the tunnel because of the tears and because of trials that are going on and just things that you're challenged with. But I always remind myself, you know what? He watches over this word. So even if today it doesn't happen, he's still watching over his word and he's going to do it because he's faithful. Our God, and he's, he's a promise keeper. And so I, I know a lot of times I had to remind myself, he's going to keep every promise concerning you, Eunice. I had to give myself those self-talks. And so those are some of the words that I say that I had to say to myself to keep it pushing, like you're going to come out of this. When you're at the bottom, you can only come up. So I've hit right. rock bottom. <clears throat> And I'm down there and I'm scrap, scrangling around and I'm trying to figure it out. And then that is where I put my hope. And that's where I start fighting back. Like he watches over his word. The enemy would whisper to me, you're not going to get this book. Nobody's going to like it. You're not going to finish. You're not going to be this. They're not going to understand. They're not going to say, you know what? 
He watches over his word to perform it. He expects, he cannot wait. He is excited about watching and incubating this word until it comes forth, until this promise or whatever he organized for my life and he ordained for my life. It's coming, it's coming. He's watching over his word. He's gonna keep watching until it happens. And so those are some of the things that I had to tell myself and I still tell myself, you know, because life is still happening. Right. That was so awesome. So um, when I sold everything, I own a move across to Atlanta, from Atlanta to California. You know that song by Shawn Mendes, There's Nothing Holding Me Back, even though it's about a relationship. Yes. Yes. Like those, that was my song. Like that's, <laughs> that's my motivation song right there. And I listen, I wake up to that every morning because yes. I, I'm still in that growth period um, yes. or transition period, whatever you want to call it. And yeah. then like that, my other power words are, I did it. That's it. Like, that, that, that moment. Cause I, that's what I'm working toward is that I did it moment. I had a picture of a beach with palm trees and the words I did it in bright red across yeah. it, tattooed, not tattooed, but, um, taped to my sunlight yeah. as I was driving across the country. Yes. And absolutely. it stayed there until I sold that car. That's it was right. just absolutely amazing. That's awesome. That's um, really awesome. So I, I, I like to hear other people's power words. You know what I mean? We all have that. I'm all about adding some more of my power, adding some more Heck power yeah. words. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, so how many years have you been writing? Like how long has this been a, like, I, okay. So let me rephrase that. You've been writing all your life, but when were you, when it, when you published your first book, how many, how long have you been a, a published author? 2017 is when I published my first book. Now, I've always written stuff, poetry and things on social media. Um, and that is actually how Teresa and I have known each other from grade school. But that's how actually we reconnected with some of my writing. I was writing and it was ministering to her. And I remember the time she inboxed me like, girl, you just don't know. I'm like, I'm just writing stuff. That's no big deal. And she was like, uh-uh, that is speaking to me. I know that's God all through there. So it started to get really specific um, and more strategic when social media came out. And mm -hmm. I felt like I didn't even realize how at that time it was just starting. I didn't realize that it was such a big platform and I didn't realize that my words would touch lives like that. And so that's really what kind of just really made this real, you know? So it maybe 2000, in 2009, I, I started, you know, being on Facebook then I left. And so about 2011, when I transitioned here, that's when I really started writing. And it was just, it was bigger than me. I don't know what else to say. It was just so much bigger than me. So. Yeah. Those transitions from one city to another. Ooh. Ooh. That's, a, that's a story in itself. <laughs> yes. From my, mine from Alabama to Atlanta wasn't so bad because I still kind of had that little safety net. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I was three hours from home. It wasn't a big deal. But leaving Atlanta at 2,500 miles yes. to San Diego. It's a sink or swim. You're going to make it or you're going to die. Yeah. You know, like it, 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 it was all faith. Like I had a vision and God said, like, get there and I'll show you further. And I was like, okay. So I sold everything I owned and I drove across country with less than $700 in my pocket. My listen, I can listen. When we left Oklahoma city, we left with the clothes that we could, had on our back, me and my four children and whatever we could pack in backpacks. And I drove and I remember cause my air went out on my car. And you were, that was the hot, 2011 was the hottest summer in like 30 years. 
that we drove to Texas, me and my babies, and we had absolutely nothing. And um, I just knew that God said, go. It gets to a point, and I, I talk about this in my book, where you have to stop telling everybody. And I, people thought I was crazy and they thought, what are you doing? Are you sure you hear from God? We know you hear from God, but I don't know if you're hearing from God on this. And it got to a point where, you know, I just had to hush because I was going to taint my own word. And it was just, I just had to be quiet about it and stop talking about it. And cause people were saying, you're crazy. You're not, that's not wise. You know, I'm like, look, I'm just obeying God. I know it don't make any sense. Noah probably felt the same way when he had to build this big old boat and God said it was going to rain and he was going to do this to the earth, but it didn't make sense. But now I can say it again, it was worth it. You know, it doesn't make sense at all when he says, pack up everything or leave everything and go here and I'm going to establish you and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And you're like, I'm not Abraham and I need yep. a job. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, like, I, I feel you. Like I, I had already, I made this, I made the decision and I was grounded in the decision before I told anybody. I'm like, I don't, I, and my kids know that I get visions because I've gotten visions for them and they were really accurate about stuff that I had no yeah. idea what they were about. And I was like, okay, I got a vision and my son, he's my analytical child. He's like, <laughs> you got a vision, your visions are back. And I was like, yeah, your, your, your gifts are still your gifts. I'm like, That's you it. may lose, you, you may lose control of them for a little while. He may like hide them from you because you ain't doing what you need to do. But they're still there. You know, I was like, when I got back realigned with him and his purpose or my purpose or whatever you want to call that, he's yeah. like, here you go. You know, and I thought, I, was like, I, got a, I got a, saw a sign that said San Diego and I heard a whisper said, get there and I'll show you further. So I'm going. He was like, but you don't have a job. And I was like, I don't care. He says, you don't have anywhere to live. I was like, I don't care. He was like, but your car's got a rear main steel leak. And I was like, I don't care. He was like, mom, you don't have money for three months. And I was like, I don't care. Nope, you don't. You're just totally surrendering to God. And it, it doesn't matter at that point. You just trust yeah. him. Yeah. And he was like, okay, so what can I help you do to be successful? Because if you fail, you're not coming back to live with me. You got to live with my <laughs> motivation enough for you not to fail. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's uh it's it's fun when you have those moments you know I just I, I love those moments where he says okay just trust me and yes. I, I think Steve Harvey Steve Harvey has that video from Family Feud where he talks about just jump he has a book called jump and it's actually that's what I, it talks about just taking mm -hmm. that leap and just jumping yeah yep I read that one and I love it and he, he talks about like when you when you jump off the, off the cliff know that your parachute's going to open you're going to get some scrapes and some scratches yep. and some bruises and you're going to bleed a little bit but you know you're going to land safely that's you right know? it's a, it's awesome and I and I love that and I'm uh I'm very much a doer in that respect you know if I get that that internal going and I, and I think that's um that's what make authors great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they, they, they follow that intuition and, and they do that. So um, if you were speaking to somebody who is on the fence about being, being a writer mm -hmm. and you wanted to encourage them to take that leap, what mm -hmm. would you tell them? Write. Write until you can't write anymore. Write even if you don't see the outcome, right? Because even when you don't understand and never give up on yourself, you can't sleep on yourself. You know, you'll look back pages later, you'll look back chapters later, you'll look back books later and be glad that you did, that you put it in the atmosphere. I had a friend that told me when I was in this transition and I was afraid and, and intimidated about putting my book out and 
Man, let me tell you something. This dude is the rawest dude, but, um, and he's a photographer. And so he talks about his photography journey, how he left his job and started doing entrepreneurial work. One night I saw him, he come to Dallas and everybody's thinking it might've been OU Texas or whatever. And I saw him and he's like, so how's the book? And I said, um, you know, it's going, I, I'm still not, he's like, you're done. I say, he said, and he just as plain hurt my little feelings when I wrote home crime, but he was real because he said, if you don't put this book out, Eunice, you're cheating yourself and you're cheating your kids because if you die tomorrow, that book dies with you and your kids are going to be running around here trying to get in your memoirs, trying to go in your notebook and figure out what you wanted to say. And all you have to do is just put it out there and just say it. He said, it's not fair to your kids to try and live what you wanted to live out. Put it out there. You got to get it in the atmosphere. He said, because if that book dies, if you die, the book dies with you. Realest thing I've ever heard hurt my feelings because I thought, who in the world do you think you are to talk to me like that? Like, you don't know my story. You don't know what I've been through. But I chewed on that word. And that's all I kept remembering. Like, if I don't do this, the book dies with me. This book is going to die with me. And, and my kids, they know how important this is. They're not going to know what I'm trying to say. They're not going to know how it is. So that's just it. Write until you can't write anymore. A page later, a line letter, a chapter later, a book later, and you'll be glad you did. Yes. Yo, he was just telling you the truth. And you didn't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Shoot. You could have me that. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i i could be best friends with him too I, like Girl, just, he was, just, he's 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 so trained he's same guy he's a really cool guy and he's actually doing his documentary it's called pops and he's doing some stuff where he's like the first of his class and the you know what i'm saying he's just being a pioneer in it you know what i mean and but he's so blunt i loved and hated him because it was like you're just gonna talk to me like that like really you're just gonna yeah. talk to me like and he had no he was so unapologetic like all right i'm done okay it's great seeing you i'll talk to you later bye get home safe and i'm still stuck on stupid <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, that's so awesome. I like I I have those moments where somebody will say something to me and ask me a question and I'm looking around like, are you talking to me? Because I know what I got to say is basically hurt your feelings. Right. And I had to take it for all the times I was blunt and just said what it was. You know what I mean? But when you have to eat that back, it's not, it doesn't feel good digesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. So um, I know you said you got some new books coming out. So how long are you going to make me wait for these new books? I've given myself a deadline. So um, I'm the poking the bear right now. You know that. Yeah, right? I, you know what? <laughs> to these, it's been so much going on and it's been great. And then the timing has just been really incredible. And I'm jumping again. So I'm, I'm going to stop wiping on them and hopefully I'll be sending this stuff to the, not hopefully, I'm going to be sending this to the publisher like end of May, June. Um, so awesome. depending on how the editing does, like I said, they're done. I just, I keep wiping on them and I already know people are waiting and I just need to get it done. It's just like, oh, let me take this a little bit. Let me wipe that. And it's just, you just get this stuff out of here. Quit playing. So, yeah. Right. Okay. So I want to ask you something about your editing process and then we're going to, we're going to uh, kind of try and close this up a little I love talking to you. You are like so fun. And <laughs> oh, thank so you. Great. Oh my God. Um, so tell me about the editing process. Did you have like those come to Jesus moments with your editor where you wanted to curl up in the floor in the fetal position and say, what are you doing to my damn book? 
No, actually, um, Teresa was my editor. She is still my, well, editor, her and somebody else. I don't know the aftermath of that because she published. So I don't know the details of it. But the only thing that um, I didn't, I felt uncomfortable with, but it blessed me, was when I was writing the love letters. There are some love letters that are specifically to my children and my mom. And and once you get the book, you'll read it and understand why. But I didn't didn't want to write some of those love letters. It was like, all right, I can write them to my kids. Okay, you know, no biggie. But that challenged me. She kept saying, okay, everything's good, but I'm going to challenge you, Eunice. I was like, what? She's like, well, when you read your story, you know, because talked about my mom and my childhood and my dad. And she says, it just leaves it open-ended and people don't know what your relationship status is with your mom. I was like, oh, we're good. And she's like, well, you may need to kind of tell people that. And I was like, why do I have to tell them that? This is my love letters. Like, this is mine. Read it. And she's like, you kind of leave them open. Like you guys don't have a relationship. She's talk about the pain, but, and so I had to bring it together. And I write a love letter to my mom. And um, that was probably the hardest thing with the editing part. It was like, I was done. Hello. <laughs> I, <am> done. <laughs> I finally decided to give this to you. Now you want me to write some more? What do you mean? So that was really hard. But it actually was healing for my mom because she didn't know that I felt that way. And we had long since rekindled our relationship and just some of the hardships that we had gone through life was just hard for us and really hard for her and I understood that later in life versus going through it and um, when she did she challenged me to do that I thought this is crazy this is stupid but when my mom read it it blessed her so much that now she's writing her story so sometimes you got to trust yeah you got to trust those editors and your publishers because uh sometimes they know something that you don't know (laughs) Yeah, I, uh, I I I was not so lucky with my first editor. Oh no! <laughs> it started out great, and um, she had some life go on, and what she was editing before life happened was great, and what she how she edited after life happened was not so yeah. great. Yeah. And um, she was trying to sugarcoat my story. You can't sugarcoat my story, man. You can't. No, you cannot. You can't, and I, I, I lost my whole entire voice, so I had to go back, and, and what I will say from that editing experience was that I learned how to be a better writer, because not everything she did was bad, but yeah. I had to take what my rawness from what I started with of my manuscript and take what she did and figure out how to put the two together where mm-hmm. it would be better, so yeah. I learned a lot from that experience and, um, yeah. And I, and I learned that I need to question, like have a questionnaire for my editors. Like, how do you edit? Like (laughs) what, what's your preference of books? Like, are you a nonfiction editor? Are you Uh a fiction editor? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like do, uh, are you somebody that just corrects grammar and gives suggestions? Or are you going to try and rewrite my stuff? And so are you a true editor or are you a writer that likes to edit? Two, <laughs> two different things. Two right. Different things. You know, do you edit books or do you edit magazines? Like that's yeah. two different styles of editing, Absolutely. Absolutely. you know, and I didn't know to ask those questions. So through that, I learned how, like when I handed it to my proofreaders after mm-hmm. the fact that I had a questionnaire for my, for my proofreaders, this is what I'm looking for. This is not a thesis for your PhD. <laughs> Okay, I write like how I talk and I am not going to lose my voice in this. So yeah. I need you to find the big grammar edit, <laughs> like the big grammar no-nos, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
and and so it was it was it was definitely an experience and i think a lot of pe- folks need to need to know like sometimes you get blessed like you did and you have this great editor that yeah. that didn't steal your voice mm-hmm. and but she challenged you to step outside your box and and create something even greater than what you anticipated which inspired somebody else to share their greatness absolutely and and my editor challenged me to write better Mm -hmm. like take something that I didn't like and add it to what I had and make it great absolutely so it's there there's two sides of that coin And, and I read a lot of um uh, from other authors and stuff where they talk about like me and my editor, like we're about to throw bows, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, so I, I do not want this in my experience anymore. So I'm yeah. going to focus on like, I'm going to get the best editor ever next time. So thanks. Um, I just want to kind of cover the editing process since you kind of yeah. brought it. So it's just Absolutely. like, because I know it's different for every author. It is. And it's, uh, it, it's definitely, uh, it can be greater. It can be challenging or greatly challenging or, you know, whatever. <laughs> A little bit of everything. Yes, absolutely. Right. So, um, how do you like being a grandma? I enjoy it. Is there's nothing like this thing and you love your kids and you do anything for them. And I love my kids. Like they are my life. But this little girl is, it's on a whole other level and um, she's just incredible and she's all these things and you see your child in her and you see yourself in her and you just, you see this little personality that you just, you, you just, it's different. I don't even know how to explain it. It's, girl, it's a I got three. other level of love. I, 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 in my, in my first public speaking event, I told him I was like, it's like, how many grandmas we got in the house? And, you know, <laughs> half of them raised their hand. and um. You know, my son made me a grandmother at 38. So we we go by Gigi. We took gorgeous yeah. grandma and we shortened it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I said, you know, grandchildren are the reward we get for not killing our kids when they're teenagers. There you go. That's we it. Get to, <laughs> we get to spoil them and hand them back. <laughs> You've got to go. Now you deal with it. That's right. That's right. right. So yeah, it's a, it, it's nice to to talk to other grandmothers and or Gigi's or Nana's or you know and and hear that 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 love because there's no other love like you think there there cannot be any more love in your heart than what you have yes. for your children, yes. and then your children give you grandchildren, and, it's, and uh, your heart explodes. It literally explodes an overflow of love. Yes, it does. Mm, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So where can your books be found? Where can people find you on social media? What is the best way to find you, whether it's motivational speaking, book signings? What, what is, how do you find Eunice? Well, I have a website. It's EuniceJonesMitchell.com. I'm on all social media sites, Eunice Jones on Facebook, author Eunice Jones on Facebook, uh, Jones underscore Eunice, I'm sorry, author underscore Eunice on Instagram, Uni Jones on Snapchat, and I'm on Indeed, I'm on Twitter, uh, Jones underscore Eunice, author Eunice. Um, I have a podcast, Life Happens by Co- with Coach E on Anchor FM, and I'm just on about everything that you can think of and adding to it. <laughs> Awesome. 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 Well, I really enjoyed this. I think that didn't work out on Friday because this was so much better. Yeah. (laughs) It it just works out how it's supposed to work out and God still has his final say so over it. And when it's time, it's just time. So it just, it worked itself out. I'm glad for that. 
Yes, it's absolutely beautiful. You are a beautiful soul. You have a heart of gold and you are just absolutely awesome to talk to and interview and just get to know. And like I said, you're, you're my twin. You're my sister. <laughs> absolutely. Like, like I, I can't wait till we get to an event and I get to hug your neck. I only know. People in the south, only people in the South know what hug your neck means. So you know, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's how you're, you're Southern Bill. Well, Tammy, yeah. it's been great. I, I'm so excited to connect with you. I feel like I've known you. I'm excited about your book. I know it's going to be just all over the place, and it's, it's you're going to enjoy this feeling, and you'll be on the other end, and we'll get to interview you and talk to, about all these different things that you've gone through, but you have an incredible spirit, and um, you just keep being you. Keep being unique, and keep being loving, and keep being full-spirited, and just be everything that God has for you, because Girl, you're going places, and everybody's gonna love you. <laughs> They're gonna okay, love you're gonna you. make me ugly cry. Right? <laughs> At the end of the podcast, you're gonna make me ugly cry. <laughs> you just are, you know. And I've again, this is just this is just who I am, and I believe in pouring into people. And I wouldn't be here if I didn't. And you just gotta know that you're meant, you're impressionable, and God loves you. He's in love with you, and and you're incredible to Him. And not only are you incredible to Him, but you're incredible. You are literally a light in dark places with everybody around you, and you need to know that. You know, we we go through things, we have things that go on in our life, but iron sharpens iron. And I'm telling you, you're a blessed girl. I know we're gonna connect. We'll be balling, and nobody's gonna even know why. (laughs) (laughs) We've got to like. We need to buy. stock and some waterproof mascara heck before yeah heck yeah <laughs> you know we still gotta be we still gotta be cute after this so All right, right. when i do spark rate like i do full makeup to do a spark race because i know they're taking <laughs> and my makeup always looks awesome even with mud all over they just like how do you do that and i was like <laughs> my makeup man i'm always down for a this photo it. that's right <laughs> but we will make that happen i cannot wait to see you in person i love you so much you are amazing and we will see you again soon thanks all right no problem tammy thanks bye-bye love you lady love you bye-bye